0: and welcome to the Grapeseed Official Podcast. This episode will be another installment in our 10 Things series, where we sit down with a coach or former teacher and have a fun, relaxed conversation about grapeseed. Our 10 Things are a set of 10 questions the conversation will be built around, but we will most certainly talk about many other things too. We are completing the Circle of Life grapeseed version today. We had Matthew Stridum, my original coach, on back in the deep dive on classroom management. Today, we welcome Savin Gunasekera, who I used to coach, and who is now on the curriculum team. You can see him on the portal in the Master Teacher Series and the Teacher Training Course, as well as the Unit 20 Trainer Examples in the Grapeseed Materials and Effective Teaching Examples course. So welcome to the podcast, Savin.
1: Thanks for having me, Adam. Pleasure to be here.
0: All right, so let's get started with the hard-hitting journalistic questions that we have here on the 10 Things Podcast. What is your favorite material and why?
1: man as you know there are just so many things to choose from uh so i i I have a couple if that's okay go for um, it i'll I'll allow it all right thank you appreciate (laughs) it but i'd have to say the first one is from unit nine uh the washing machine okay you know it's a short song but i feel like it's universally loved and it gets the energy up in class and on top of that, musically, it's, it's very jazzy. It kind of has a gypsy jazz rhythm, which is not really something that you hear in children's music. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's something that Grapeseed does really well, exposing students to a variety of genres of different music. And the further you climb into the units, the more of that you're going to see as a teacher and the more your students are going to hear. So, yeah. So what's um, your other one? Well, um, Unit 22, and I think maybe some teachers haven't seen this yet, so this is something to look forward to, but there's a story called Grandpa Forgets. Uh, okay. And the first time I read it, right, you kind of, you understand where I'm going. I was a little surprised because it, it's casually, very casually touching on the kind of scary idea that when we get older, we start to forget things. And mm-hmm. it's something that our students are going to experience through their own grandparents. It's something I've experienced with my own grandparents and Yeah, just because kids are young doesn't mean we can't talk about these things. So I think, you know, there's a lot of valuable lessons sort of baked into these units.
0: Yeah, and that's a really good point that you made there of these things are baked in. Like we're not explicitly talking about, okay, boys and girls, maybe grandma and grandpa will have dementia in the future or anything like that. But students will be able to relate to this because in a lot of cases, they've experienced it themselves. So that natural life experience they have will help them connect with this story. Yeah, absolutely. So let's go on to favorite unit.
1: Well, um, you know, like I said, there's, there's songs and stories that stand out in every unit that I really like a lot. Um, so setting all of those things aside, my favorite units, more than the actual content, um, have to do with how students are doing at that point in time. Mm. Basically, how much language have they been given through the curriculum? How much can they express themselves? And for me, that really comes out in units six and seven, where I feel like students have enough to, rather than just make observations about the outside world, to actually talk about what they're thinking or what they're feeling or what they like. Um, So that's, as a teacher, that's what gets me really excited is to hear students communicating their own thoughts and feelings. Yeah, you see kids getting super creative and um, it just goes to show that they're not, Memorizing sort of set phrases, but they're starting to understand the language, being able to break it down and then put it together in sort of new ways that you wouldn't expect.
0: Mm, Perfect. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Unit Six as well. So let's talk about something that was really cool that you saw in the classroom. I know we're in COVID times right now, so you haven't been in the classroom in a little while, but what's something cool relatively recently that you've seen in the classroom?
1: Well, when I was visiting classrooms there are there are all sorts of teachers all over the country and i, I mostly saw teachers in japan mm-hmm. but there is one teacher who would always set up his classroom for discovery right um, he would have just take a little bit of time five to ten minutes before class is set up props he would tape them to the walls um on top of the exit sign you know wherever <laughs> just something that students might notice or that he could draw attention to later to give them a quick interaction with the language that they wouldn't have had otherwise mm. and when students saw it they would just react to it immediately and it was like they could not help themselves you know it was clear as an observer that they were thinking in english because their thoughts came out so quickly and so readily mm. so you know watching him teach and forgive the um you know i've been baking a lot of bread recently because i've been stuck at home But watching him teach was like watching somebody grease a baking pan to make sure the cake came out all right later down the line, you know? Ooh, descriptive. Yes. He's reducing the barrier of entry for his students to the point where I think it was easier for them to learn English than it was for them to goof off or not learn at all. Mm. And yeah, I think that really came down to his mindset that there's always more to improve and always more that we can do to help our students. And that approach and just a little bit of preparation gave him the continuous gift of good classes and fun time with his students.
0: Yeah, Miklos has been on a few times and he's also mentioned that word, that word of discovery and setting up your classroom for your students to make those discoveries. So like you said, if you set it up right, it'll only take you five or 10 minutes, but you'll be giving your students all those opportunities to naturally use the language, which is exactly what we're going for in Grape Seed. So perfect. So let's move on to what your favorite extra time activity to get kids using the language is.
1: Well, of course, you know, we all know that at the end of the lesson, there are some things that we can teach. And maybe we also have a running list of components that we didn't get to teach in previous classes. So of course, I would prioritize those. Mm -hmm. But once I had finished the actual prescribed um, steps in the lesson plan Mm -hmm. for that component, I would what I enjoy doing is tying things back to a previous unit or a previous um, component, right? Mm. So maybe students are still learning the language in the current component and that's okay. So maybe they're having trouble using it or talking about it, but by using language structures from an older component, uh, we give students a little more ground to stand on. So for example, um, in unit seven, we have the chant, what will you do? And, Mm. Here, I would pre-plan a situation. Maybe I'd have it drawn on the board before class, or I'd use props to simulate the situation. And I, maybe I would say, look, your mother made you dinner. What will you do? Will you go outside and play? So the props are there just to you know, visually help students understand what's going on. And then from there, I can help them say, no, we will eat our food, which is language that students have had since unit two. Exactly. Anytime we can
0: cross-reference between materials in the same unit or going back to previous units will just help provide students greater context in just understanding the language and being able to use it. So that's if you're a veteran teacher and you've been teaching a few years, that's something you can look to even deepen your exposure of your students to the curriculum is thinking about these extra references you can make and these cross-references and doing that for your kids to really help them deepen their understanding of the language.
1: Right. It's like showing them all the ways that they can use these tools that they already have, you know, like new ways to play with the toys that they've been playing with for years.
0: Yeah, and then that way they don't forget things. So you might sing early in the morning in Unit 2, but then if you bring it back up here in Unit 7, like you were talking about, then students, they remember the song, they'll remember the language better, and they'll realize that new application for it.
1: Yes, of course.
0: So let's shift gears to the portal here. So on the professional development section of the portal, what videos do you recommend most to teachers? Maybe ones that aren't ones that you're already in.
1: Ooh, that's tough. I'm kind of (laughs) wrinkled around there, you know? Um,
0: Yeah, I got the, the pacing and the teacher planning and the master teacher series.
1: Some of the teacher tips as well, yeah. You and me cutting it up mm-hmm. those are good times, good times. <laughs> but there is a lot of good content uh, on the professional development section of the portal, and um, I think sometimes I feel like there's almost too much. You know, it's like, where do I start um, mm-hmm. as a teacher? So I think whether you're old or new, um. The Master Teacher Series is is invaluable. It's a great resource for growth. You know, if you're new, you're going to get new ideas and you're going to get an idea of maybe what your own future holds as a teacher, Mm -hmm. what skills you will gain over the next several months or years. Um, But if you've been teaching Grapeseed for a while, you can still discover new things, new ideas, new perspective, and uh, use that maybe even as an opportunity to reflect on how your own classes have been going or points for your own improvement. Plus, if they access the Master Teacher Series, they
0: get to see your handsome face. Oh,
1: man. I don't know about that. Hopefully, either you can turn the video off and just listen to what I have to say. <laughs> good. So let,
0: let's embarrass you here a little bit. So what is one mistake you have
1: made teaching grapeseed that stands out? One mistake. Well, something that I've always been thankful for is that teaching grapeseed is challenging but it's not rocket science um i'm not going to destroy an astronaut's life if i make a mistake you know Mm. um so i definitely i took that advice to heart i think maybe that was given to me by miklos actually Mm.
0: um yeah we're not air traffic controllers is kind of what his,
1: his big thing is exactly so you know even if we make mistakes we can still as long as we're reflecting on that Uh, we can continuously improve and do better for our students but when i was teaching and everybody knows this you were my coach and you really helped me see those things about my class that i couldn't see myself um that said it can be hard to take advice you Mm. know you can see the truth in another person's observations or perspectives um you get so in your head that you're like well i thought this through i did this for a reason but really that can be a, a mechanism to protect you know, the ego, right? So I think one mistake I made was not applying your advice immediately, right? Not taking it sooner. So when you told me, for example, that the next thing I needed to really improve was going deeper into my lesson planning, I sat on that for a while because, you know, I think I just needed some time for my pride. And this is something (laughs) I've improved about, just sort of being like, you know what, let's just try it. And if it's better, that's for my students. It has nothing to do with, you know, this fragile ego of mine. Um, There's no harm in trying something, you know, if it, if it goes well, excellent. If it doesn't go well, then, you know, we have notes to do better tomorrow. But once I started, I couldn't stop when I started going deeper on this planning. And now I'm in a place where I need that level of detail um, to feel like I've really done a good job or had a good class.
0: Yeah. So, for proper context for the listeners, this is back before the lesson plans. This is when teachers had to make their own lesson plans and count exposures and all that stuff. Yeah, I, I I remember that as well. Where you you would have a lesson plan, but it wasn't quite detailed to the point where you could really get the most out of your students because you had so much potential as a teacher, and you could see that your students were hungry for more. Savin, they just wanted more of your teaching, and if you dug a little deeper, you were going to be able to tap into that and really give it to them. And it was nice to see that you did take my advice to heart. So I I do know what I'm talking about sometimes.
1: You do, you do, Adam. And actually, (laughs) fun fact, I got a message from my former coworker um, saying that my original, my first batch of students are graduating.
0: Oh. And
1: yeah, one of my students, Angel, asked if I would be able to come to graduation. So
0: Uh, Look at that. Making memories. Your kids remember you all those years later. It's been a long time. Gosh, I even remember Angel.
1: (laughs) Yeah. yeah. She was a sweet kid. I have a picture that she drew um, in my room still. So, you know, hopefully I can go. Things are crazy right now, but, you know, we'll see.
0: Yeah. I want to circle back to one of the points you made there was that your initial reaction to hearing my advice was to get a little defensive and not necessarily take it to heart immediately. I think that's true for everybody. I know I'm like that too. When I receive feedback, my initial reaction is to kind of put my guard up and try Mm. to come up with excuses or refute what's being said. But a lot of times when Grapeseed coaches are watching teachers and are giving advice, it's it's not a personal attack on the teacher. The coach is looking at the situation, Looking and thinking about what's best for the students and trying to help the teacher really get the most out of their teaching and grapeseed as a whole, so you might have that initial reaction when you hear your feedback from your coaches of, "Oh, this they just don't like me or they're trying to make me look bad, but it's not that at all. It's that the coaches can see the potential in your classroom and they're trying to help you reach that so trying to build a good relationship with your coach and also understanding that your coach isn't there to bring you down or make you feel bad, that they they can be a really good ally to make your classroom even better.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's what I didn't realize was that this was a collaboration rather than a check, you know, or a uh, a grading. It What I didn't realize was that it wasn't a sort of mutual effort to help my students and that's, they are my priority. So. You know, having the right mindset when you're first meeting your coach, I think will help really smooth things over.
0: Absolutely. So we talked a little bit about discovery and setting up that opportunity in the classroom. But what are some other meaningful decorations teachers can add to their classrooms to be successful?
1: Well, and this is everybody's different, of course. And if you're a new teacher, you may not know what to put up on your walls, and that's okay. But once you start teaching, I'm sure that you are going to find those situations where you think, oh, I I wish I had something. I wish I had some sort of visual cue to help students understand what I'm trying to say. And those are the things that you're going to want to get up on your walls, to get up on your room. And we want to do this because when we're having a discussion, asking questions, sometimes students are going to struggle to find an answer. And we might think they're struggling because they don't know the language, because they haven't been listening to their REP. But in actuality, it could just be that they don't know what to choose. Maybe mm-hmm. they have five or six different things they're thinking about, they don't know what you're looking for. So seeing an example with a visual cue can really help bridge that gap. And having those visual cues means that we can better understand when students actually don't know the language versus when they just don't know which language to use. So if I could suggest um, maybe just a a guiding principle. Mm. Um, I'm a big fan of things that have more than one function. So when you're thinking of what to put up on your wall, I would try to pack as much information into those images as possible. So for me personally, I like, um, you know, Photoshop or sort of messing with images on the computer. (laughs) And if you have a printer, you know, that's a quick way to make a lot of really unique, things that you're not going to be able to find just online right so for example if we put a giraffe up on a wall um, we can give it some spots we can make those spots different shapes or different colors students will be able to count them later if we do the colored spots then we can count the different colors we can um, um, if we give it a short neck or long legs or small ears or if we even have it eating pancakes you know these are (laughs) all things that we could eventually talk about with students and it all comes from one single image. So imagine um, over a few units, if you start to just have these different things around your room, it's gonna not only last for that unit, but for the coming units as well. Um, So um, it's a multifaceted approach to decorating and uh, you'll be able to do a lot even without that much space.
0: Well, yeah, just going into specific units in your specific example there. So giraffe, students learn giraffe in unit one. They learn colors in unit three. So if you make the spots different colors, they'll, they'll have that. Um, you could have the giraffe outside in a certain weather, like it's sunny or right. rainy, and that's unit seven. Uh, the different shapes of the, do- of the spots will come into play in unit 10's funny shapes. So there's so many things you can do if you plan ahead like that. Great right. idea even if you're not a big artist or you're not a big Photoshop guy like Sabin here, even something simple like taking old unit vocabulary picture cards and putting them up on the board. I know when I originally was teaching at Mason, we did that. So when we were teaching unit two, we'd have all the unit one animals up on this board near the story corner. So students, when they wanted to ask certain questions, they could just look at the board and choose something to talk about. It's not like we need to make them remember every single word on their own. As long as they're naturally communicating and interacting with their environment, that's great.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So tell us an aha or light bulb moment that you've seen in the classroom where a student really made the connection between the language and the materials and using it naturally.
1: Well, if it's about another teacher, um, it was... It was one of those things where they'd done uh, that little extra preparation, right? Mm. So I saw a teacher who just finished teaching the big book orange and it hadn't gone well. And he closes his book and sits down. And when he does, his pant legs come up a little bit to reveal his socks, which were just neon orange. right? And all the students reacted at the same time, trying to communicate with him about the color of his socks. And it was just a really cool moment where there was no gap between students seeing something and then feeling the need to express themselves and then doing it naturally. It was a wonderful moment. Um, In my own teaching, and this is a story that I tell all the time because um, it was really special to me, but I had one student who was really quiet all the time in class, they didn't really talk a lot, um, but they would always come play with me on the playground. And um, after just a couple of years, there was a time we were both outside And she came up to me and told me about how she saw a leaf hanging from a spider's web. And she just said that exactly. Mr. Sawan, I saw there's a leaf hanging from the spider's web. She showed it to me. And it was something that I'd never said to her before. I'd never taught her before. And it's just that she has the language inside. She sees something and then just, you know, no thought at all, just expressing something to her teacher. And it was really beautiful.
0: That is what grapeseed is all about, that natural discovery and natural communication. So, the best grapeseed teacher that you've ever seen, what made them so great?
1: So, when it comes to the best grapeseed teachers I've seen, and there's a, there, there are many of them, and they're all different, of course, but the things that they have in common is that, yes, they all know the components, yes, they all know their students and their personalities, but above all of that, as a former coach, they would always come looking for ideas and advice about how to help their students. They always came from a really humble place, um, understanding that there's always going to be another idea, there's always gonna be a better way to do things. So I think what makes the best grapeseed teachers is that they always have this way of looking at this as I'm here for my students, and given the opportunity, I'm always going to ask for advice. So I think it's that search for improvement, that attitude without ego, that is at the core of so many talented teachers.
0: Yeah, and that doesn't mean your initial reaction still can't be that defensive thing that we were talking about before, whether it's you or I. It's still being able to overcome that and remembering that what we're doing here, whether you're the grapeseed teacher or you're the grapeseed coach is that it's all for the students and helping the students have the best environment and education possible. Yep,
1: yeah, that's right.
0: Great, so let's close with a little bit of advice that you might have for a veteran grapeseed teacher. So somebody who's been around the block a little bit.
1: Hmm. I think once you teach grapeseed for a few years, there's a, there's a danger of getting really comfortable. Uh, feeling like I know everything there is to know about this and sort of, you know, relaxing in that comfort. And of course, being a veteran does mean, you know, being knowledgeable and and understanding a lot of things. But uh, I think the best teachers are always about helping their students. And to those veteran teachers, my only advice is that they try to approach things with fresh eyes. And I know that that can be super challenging. But think about where you started. Think about where you are now. Uh, chances are we all started thinking that we were doing a good job, and we were, but then we got even better. So I think that's always going to be true. Whenever we look back in the past, I hope that we can see the growth and improvement that we've gone, to, gone through. So I hope that we can recognize that ourselves in the future will also have gone through some growth and improvement. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's always, there's always more to do. I've said that so many times. I think that's, that's my mantra, you know.
0: I think this is where the portal kicks in, too, because maybe you've exhausted all of the ideas that you have in your own mind for how to teach a specific story, for example. But then if you hop on the portal and there's a classroom example of that particular material or even something else that might spark something in your own mind to give you a fresh perspective or a fresh idea, that those resources are available to you. So you can always self-improve But there's also so many resources, whether it's this podcast or whether it's the videos on the portal or whether it's just reaching out to your coach for, hey, I'm teaching spiders web for the 2000th time today. Um, What's something that you've seen another teacher do that's really cool? There's so many resources available to you as a teacher to help you get even better and to have new ideas and to make the education even better for your students.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean and especially your coach. What a fantastic resource, right? Just a person who you can email anytime to get ideas. I I wish more teachers would take advantage of that.
0: As your former coach, I will take that as a compliment. So we'll we'll wrap up there, Savin. Thank you so much for joining the podcast. It was a blast. Thank you so much. And as always, everybody, thank you for listening and good luck in the classroom. Question number three of the Marvin Monkey November Giveaway. What does Will use to help get his students to his grapeseed classroom that is a 10-minute walk from the school? Remember, you have one week to send in your answers to mailcarrier at grapeseed.com. Good luck! Goodbye, my friends, goodbye. Said to say goodbye.
1: It was a good day, but now I will say goodbye, my friends.
0: Goodbye. Goodbye, everyone.